Hey yo, we about to tear it up. Yo, break for break, break for break, get down. This right here is how we do it. Break it down. It's the Breaking Atoms podcast. We break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, aka the Potty Mouth of the South. And my name is Chris Mitchell, aka the actual factual. Yes, my brother. This How is. How you doing, man? I'm I'm okay, bro. Like, I want to like this again. Look, I'm gonna just say it straight off the bat in it. I fucking love skills. Skills is um. You see how I swore already? Yeah, he came out the gate with the expletive. I, I I'm the potty mouth of the south. Yeah, you he, are. He he referenced Hove. That's the Hove enemy is is gunshots in the air, right? Calm down. I, I love this guy, man. Yeah, no, skills He's, was dope. Skills he, was dope. It brought me back to a, a simpler time. Like, you know, when I was listening to the radio, shout out to Shorty Blitz and hearing the jam and move your body and, you know, unseen world. It's just, um, I'm. it's not lost on me that we are sharing time with legends and they're, they're giving us their time and stories. It's not lost on me at no, all. No, it's not. And, 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 and speaking, with, you, you, you can always tell, like people like him, D-Nice, these are really warm individuals who are super talented but when you speak to him and he's just so cool he's knowledgeable but he's just so cool and it's people like him that we have to give their flowers to and and cherish more because like he has so much still to offer he's given us so much and i just love that i just listen he's a he's just a sound individual like that's my new favorite person bro yeah oh thank you and thank you for for all the logistic the logistic wizardry it's more coming in it it's not even stopping yeah. you I, should... I do I, I do the lyrical wizardry yeah. you do the logistical wizardry by by the time by the time we get to the end of 2021 i will be the best booker in podcast history you're gonna be um you are the paul Heyman of podcasting i'm absolutely gonna be the be- I, listen no one's effing with me i see my wife to be right and it's all systems go right once that happens it's all systems go but this is an incredible conversation, almost an hour and a half, speaking with a legend and just speaking about his career, memories, incredible stories. Um, and I just, I, at times I was just sat there going, I can't believe I'm hearing this. This is, a, like you said, having legends and giving us their time and giving us things that they don't have to give to us. Skills don't have to speak to us for an hour and a half. He can say, yo, peace, deuces, I'm out after 15, 20 minutes. No, he gave us his time and I really respect that. Man, he's such a cool guy. I'm sorry, yeah. Chris. I'm just no. I like, really. It's always I'm, um, they I'm say buzzing, you should never. They say you should never meet. Um, what they say? You should never meet your heroes. And even though we haven't met them per se, but it's always refreshing to to speak to yeah, these yeah. guys. And 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 they're cool. And they're cool. Yeah, I'm gonna be listening to um, listening to from where for the foreseeable future. I think. No, definitely. I'm gonna play it to my kid. I'm gonna play some. I'm gonna play some. I'm gonna play some skills to my eight eight uh, eight month old. Yeah, please relax. Please yeah, relax. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. But yeah, listen, yeah. This, <laughs> this is uh, this is relax. mad skills. This is mad, <laughs> mad skills. This no, is mad, mad skills. skills. <laughs> now, only he's right though. He he made it happen. Like we were going back and forth. He made it happen. I appreciate that because yeah, man, he's 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 um his time is his time is everything. So we appreciate that. But this is mad skills breaking atoms podcast. Check it out. It's a special episode of the Breaking Atoms podcast in the presence of a legend, yet another legend. This is kind of the running theme of the Breaking Atoms podcast, um, all the way from Richmond, not 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 Richmond, Southwest London, 
you know, where all the, the bougie people live. No, 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 not that rich, not that rich, man. From Virginia, we're talking about. From where? All the right to here, we're talking to Mad Skills. Skills, how you doing, my brother? I'm good, man. How y'all doing today? We, you know, we're, we're good. We're good. Excited. We're good. We, excited, we're too. Exci- we, we are excited. Man, thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's good to be here. We we, yeah. we, got it. we finally got it working. We got- <laughs> Yo, how, how are you, man? Like, COVID is crazy here. We're on a lockdown. Um, we've got the worst death rate in the world. How's that over there, bro? You all right? Uh, we, we're approaching, I want to say, 400,000 deaths, uh, like a million cases. Um, the one thing about, <clears throat> I'm in LA, so uh, it's a little crazy here. Um, but, uh, you know, the one thing about it is like they, you know, they, they tell you a lot about all of the people that die and, you know, the numbers, but they never tell you how many people got it and are okay and survived and, you know, and are living healthy lives. Uh, I definitely, it's the fear factor of it all um, has affected a lot of people and rightfully so. But, um, you know, we just trying to, you know, push through this thing, man, and get back to normal life one day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We're going to, we're going to take it all the way back, all the way back. Um, we, we, me, Chris, and a lot of people will be who, who, who are aware of you or know of you will know about Supernatural, the battle and all that. What I'm interested in is why did you sign with Big Beat? Cause I'm, I remember you talking in other interviews about loud and everyone was interested in you. What was it about Big Beat that resonated with you that you want to sign with them? Um, the A&R was cool as fuck. Uh, this guy named Reef. Um, he works for Apple music now. Uh, Reef oh, wow. Is- yeah, Reef is probably one of the best A&Rs in the game. Um, and and Reef just, you know, he 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 just made me feel like he was we were gonna go to bat, like, you know what I'm saying? And uh, uh still a good friend of mine to this day, uh, an amazing guy. And um, yeah, I had, you know, uh, Tommy Boy was on the table, loud, uh, East West. Um, but yeah, nah, I just I felt a connection with him and um as far as hip do what I wanted to do. Um, and that's what we did. You know what I mean? Mm. So um, uh, before I hand over Chris, cause I, I didn't want to talk about the, the first album. Why did you say the words I'll split you into like EPMD revenue? What's wrong with you, man? Why, why do you say such things? <laughs> <laughs> why do you say such things? That was, it's funny. It's funny when people bring up old punchlines that you'd be like, "Oh man, I said that." You you it's, also um, said um, it was a thing where uh, EPMD had just broke up, so <laughs> it was a big deal. EPMD breaking up was bigger. Like Tribe Called Quest hadn't broke up yet. EPMD had a huge breakup, and people were picking sides and who was going to go with Eric and who's going to go with Paris. So you know, I was a, a, a you know I was very. Um, trying to make sure that my punchlines were of the times. And that was one of those punchlines. No, I, 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 Did I, I say that on the album? I don't, I don't know. I remember, I don't, I might, I don't know if it might be, it might've been one of your demos too, because I remember it was Matty C in the source, Unsigned Hype. He, he referenced that. So he references. Yeah, um, he wrote it down. Yeah. Shout out to yeah. Cause he, he talked about Clark Kent producing. And then uh, he talked about the demo and the four, like there were four, I think it was either four, tracks on the demo and yeah and he said something about he said something about um there were some vivid and crazy punchlines like i'll split you in two like epmd revenue i just love it <laughs> i just i just it's just class it's class sorry i just want to get that off 
yeah. one, one of my favorite skills one of my favorite skills punchlines is when he said it's um something about it's hard to hard to blow like hard to blow like bubbles blowing bubbles from now or later and something crazy now or later are like hard sweets so um yeah that always that always makes me chuckle that's impossible yeah it's, it's just not gonna happen <laughs> it's just not gonna happen let's talk about the first album though i remember buying it from where three question marks shocking question what was it about virginia that it didn't have the allure or the gravitas at the time of uh, brooklyn or a queens or a california why did you make such a big deal about being from virginia because there was nobody that had did it the right that what i felt like was the right way uh of course you know hip-hop started in new york uh it's the mecca it's the home of hip-hop and um you know we were an east coast city so you know you got philly jersey dc baltimore so you know a lot of the fashion and a lot of the um the culture had, had seeped down through the city so you know by the time they got to virginia i think people had a misconception of what virginia was like we didn't have a city like we didn't we didn't have high rises like we it was just dirt roads and tractors and shit and i'm like yeah nah that's not where i live at like we are we are an urban community and a, and a bustling up and coming city um not as big as a dc or you know what i'm saying uh, or a philadelphia but um just in our own right you know it was a, a it was a misconception that people from virginia were country the same the same way they thought about remember how they thought about outcasts you know what i'm saying and they was like yeah them them they them, them, them is country that shit down there right. like and, but but look at atlanta now you know what i'm saying like atlanta is the black mecca of the united states you know what i'm saying so they knew that then what we didn't know and i felt as though richmond needed Virginia as a whole, not even the city, the state needed somebody to wave that flag. And, you know, why not me? Good answer. Good answer. Okay. But as great as the album was, or still is, you came out on a very, uh, a very let's say, busy release day. You came out on the same day as All Lies On Me and The Score, two of the, uh, <laughs> the biggest hip-hop albums Ever tell me about you know you finding out that you came out on the same day because I would imagine like music industry people will kind of know what's coming out on a certain day like what were your thoughts about it and what was your reaction you know when you saw these albums just you know kind of blowing up oh man um for me the album had been held up so long I was like bro just put it out like by the time y'all get to this shit it's gonna be so old to me not, you know, not knowing that, you know, you do work and it takes time, it gets mixed, it gets mastered, it gets put out to the public singles. And they felt like they hadn't generated a big enough buzz. Um, you know, the Not Factor was doing well and like college radio, mix show radio, um, Move Your Body was a more, you know, uh, radio friendly second single, I guess. Um, but to like, by the time it came out, I do remember thinking to myself, I, when I found out that I didn't, okay, first of all, we didn't know that the Fugees was going to do what the fuck they did. Like, <laughs> we, we knew Tupac was going to sell records. Cause that was, you know, that was a, um, that was a, a true, you know what I'm saying? Testament of what it was. So for me, um, like 
I took pride and satisfaction. I was like, at least I know people going to be in record stores that day. So um, I ended up getting a lot of sales, especially in Virginia, because people was like, okay, if I got to buy three albums, if, I, if I'm only buying two albums, I got to get his because he, he represented the home team. So, um, you know, but it was it was a horrible, horrible day to come out in hindsight. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, it, it, to, now today I have a day named after me in Virginia, which is the same day. So now it's it's a little it's a little bit, you know, it, it has a, a more of a lore to it. OK, yeah. No, and congratulations on that. Mad skills there. Yeah, there, there's some things in life you know, you can't measure influence and impact by numbers. Right. There's, there's metrics that go outside of that and having your own day is, is, is a, is a great achievement. So congratulations on that. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. So with the album talking, you mentioned Clark Kent, uh, Buck Wild. Yeah. DJ Riz doing scratches from the Bronx. There's a very East coast centric sound. Um, was that, was that just a sign of the times? Was that something conscious you were trying to do? Um, talk about how you want to, how did you see envisage that or envisage that sound being the album? I mean, for me, you know, I was, I was living in New York, uh, to, to record and, uh, make the album. So it was a culture shock to even be living in the city. Um, but you know, that was just as much Reef's album as mine. You know what I'm saying? Um, Reef made a, he had a lot of connections, Maddie, him and Maddie C were friends. Like, you know what I'm saying? So when uh, he saw me, he saw me at the New Music Seminar, then he saw me in the source. Right. So it was like, um, or it might have been reverse. He saw me at the battle, then I got into Unsigned Hype. Yeah, because in the in Unsigned Hype, they were talking he about the battle. Yeah, he mentioned it. So, um, yeah, man, um, he wanted the best of the best, just like I did. So when we wanted DJs, you know, we went, we went to the best. Um, Riz, Rock Raider, you know what I'm saying? Rest in peace. Um, and when we production, I, I knew, I knew that even if you didn't like me lyrically, right. If you didn't think that I was that great lyrically back in those days, I, I wanted to be able to say, you can't deny, you ain't going to be able to deny these beats. Like I, the track listing alone is if you're a hip hop head, the track listing alone, beat nuts, large professor, yeah, yeah, Buck yeah, yeah. wow, Clark Kent. You know, uh, a guy who changed fucking music, who was called JD at the time, who morphed into Jay Dilla. You know what I'm saying? So I was the first on a lot of accords. Um, but uh, Sean J. Period. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, no, nah, it, it was it was it was a good time. Absolutely. Um, talk to me about why you were in a tree, uh, in a hotel lobby. Uh, I, I guess stalking. Should we say stalking Q-tip? Um, I, listen, I've heard this story before. I just need people to hear this story because it's a wonderful story. Um, so talk to me about the Q-tip story. Okay, so first of all, I was a huge Tribe Called Quest fan. Uh, yeah. From from People's Indistinctive Travels to first hearing Q-tip on uh, Black is Black with the Jungle Brothers, I was already enamored by Q-tip. So by the time People's Indistinctives came out and I was locked in, by the time Low End came out, you couldn't tell me shit about Tribe. Fuck you, Tribe Call Quest, best shit ever. Like, I'm turning people on to it. You know, Benita Applebaum, can I kick it? There was no denying what a Tribe Call Quest meant to me. So, um, big fan. 
and uh, I'm at this music convention called Jack the Rapper in uh in Atlanta, and uh, got my badge, you know, walking around, me and the homies and shit, and I see. I see the uh, cipher. I see a cipher formed around this this big ass plant, which basically I guess you could call it a tree, but it was in a it looked like a big a huge plant, you know what I'm saying? Uh, vase. So I hear a beat. I see these rappers rapping, and I'm looking people nodding their heads, and I see Q-Tip, and I'm like, oh fuck, that's Q-Tip. You know what I'm saying? I look at his badge. On his neck, it says cute. I'm like, that's fucking cute. Like, I gotta go over there and see what they're doing. So I go over there and I hear people rapping. The beat's dope, and I can't really get in, like, cause everybody's in front of this. You know what I'm saying? In front of him. So imagine, so, so imagine a circle. You know, like a a, a circle of a, a a big huge plant thing with soil in it, but it's like up, at least up to like your shoulders, right? So everybody's congregated in one place in front of it. Nobody is around the back of it because there's nothing going around in the back, right? It's just everybody's in the front. So I walk around to the back of it and this thing might've been like six feet. Um, and I jumped up on it. I, I never forget, I had on, uh, I had on Tim's, some shorts, I pull myself up on it and get up and I go over to the other side. So now I'm literally over Q-Tip's shoulder because uh, he's looking like, yo, who's this dude? You know what I'm saying? So I'm, <laughs> but you know, when I walked up, I'm like, I'm, you know, it's not like a threat or anything. When no. I come up, he, he realizes that I'm, I'm like, uh, yeah. I'm, he's like, oh, he bobbing. You know what I'm saying? Like, another dude in the cypher or whatever, but different approach to the cypher. So this guy's rapping and um, I just cut him the fuck off. Like, he's just rapping. I was just like, check, mic check, yo, yo, yo. And once I realized that I got people, because they like, who the fuck is the guy in the tree? <laughs> I just start rapping, right? I'm rapping and I had this thing, uh, back in the day uh, as an MC where when I, when I, it was just a chip on my shoulder. Like when I was in Cyphers, when I would rap, my whole point was when I rap, after I rap, this shit's over. Ain't nobody rapping after me. I don't want anybody to feel confident enough that they can top what I just said, because that's just battle. That's the battle MC in me. So when I rap, the shit's over. We shaking hands, giving daps. Yo, that shit was dope. Like nobody is going to have the confidence to rap after me. So I start rapping. I'm killing the shit. The dude I cut off, I can see it in this space. He got an attitude. I'm rapping. He cut me off. Now the shit's personal. Q-tip is listening. Like, nah motherfucker like no so no so he stops he i cut him off again and this time the rhyme is personal it's a now so now it's like passes like oh shit it's a battle totally obliterated dude security comes because they see a fucking young black man in a fucking tree hanging off of a <laughs> limb rapping it's a crowd of people it's a music 
you know, some of these people have badges to be in the conference. Some of these people don't. It's the lobby. Like, y'all, it's, it's too much. We're going to have to break this up. They break it up. Um, they break it up and tip go. I, I, so now when everybody, I jump down, I'm standing right beside Q-Tip and there's other people talking to him, but I see he keeps looking to see, he keeps looking in my direction. So I'm like, oh shit, he's checking to make sure I don't leave. I'm, that's what I'm hoping. So he's looking at somebody asked for an autograph. He, he signs the autograph. He looks up again. Like, they like, yo, can I get a drop real quick? He's like, yeah, you know, this mask, I mean, this, Q-tip from Trico Quest rocking with, you know what I'm saying, DJ so-and-so, you know what I'm saying, keep doing your thing. He's still looking, so I'm just waiting. He comes over to me, and he says, yo, what's your name, son? And I was like, mad skills. He was like, yo, where you from, yo? And I was like, Virginia. And he was like, yo, that shit's ill. Like, yo, that shit was ill. And I was like, I appreciate it, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was like, yo, what you about to do? And I was like, I was just hanging out and shit. He was like, yo, you want to go? You want to go, you want to roll me real quick to this radio station? And I was like, fuck yes. Like, what do you mean? So he's like, yeah, right, come on. Come, I got to go change real quick. Like, just come to my room. So I'm like, all right, cool. We hop in the elevator. We go upstairs. It's the first time I seen a penthouse suite. I never knew what it was to have like a suite. I just thought, I just thought motherfuckers just had hotel rooms. I never saw a suite. So I walk in, it's, you know, it's sneakers, it's polo jacket, it's clothes, uh, the TV is on, and it's a, uh, it's a, um, it's a radio. He has a, a radio with a CD player sitting on the, uh, the desk. And he says, yo, I'm gonna go change right quick, son. Check this shit out, this is the album. But he said it so fast, I, I was like, huh? Like, so he hits a button, and he walks out the room and I'm sitting at the table and I hear ooh, 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 a tribe called Quest. And I'm like, oh, fuck. This, what is this? Because I don't hear anything. Like, I just hear this woman talking. And I'm just like, and she's like, we maraud for ears. And I'm like. What? And then I just said, Bantana, Bantana, Linden Boulevard, represent, represent. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, I'm listening to Midnight Marauders. Like, like I could have had tears come over. Like, the shit was crazy. So Midnight Marauders comes on. I listen to that. Um, and it gets to the end of the song. Uh, try to do a little bit. Let's try to, to stay alive. And the shit goes off. And then fucking the war tour comes on. Award tour is out. So I know what that is. I've heard that. And then um, it's a doo doo doo. Went to Carvel to get a milkshake. And then he comes outside of the room. And I'm like, he like, yo, what you think? And I was like, like what like what the f like I'm stuck. I just heard three songs off of Midnight Marauders the summer before it comes out. And like he took me downstairs um, and he was like, yo, um, I just want you to roll me to this radio station. I was like, all right, cool. I get in this van. I take a picture with him right before we get in the van. The picture's on my Instagram. Yeah. I take a picture with him and there's this little kid in the picture who I just, I just found out who this kid is like 20 something years later. This kid hit me like, yo, that was me. I was on the church retreat. Funny ass story. <laughs> so I get into the car I get into this van and I sit in the first uh, the first row 
and I slide all the way over to the window. It's a driver and this uh, Lytro, Light, Lytro, who's their, his road manager, gets in the front seat. I turn around and look in the back, in the back row, and it's Pasta Noose and Maceo from De La Soul. Wow. Oof. And I'm going, this is the hip-hop van to heaven. Like, what the fuck am I doing? So Q-Tip goes, yo, this is my man, Mad Skills, you know what I'm saying? This my, this Pass, this, this Maceo. So I'm like, Oh shit, what's up? Say so they say, and he turned, he tells him, he said, Yo, you gotta hear this nigga, son. This nigga so ill, son. And he was like, Word? Pops goes, Word? He said, Yo, son, this nigga so ill, son. You gotta hear this shit. So we go, we I'm in the car like, how is this my life right now? I go to the radio station. Q-tip tells me, yo, when we they gonna ask us to freestyle, I'm gonna bring you in. Say that shit you were saying in the lobby. I was like, I bet. They put me on. It's like Q-Tip was treating me like I was his artist. You know what I'm saying? He's like, yo, this is my man, Mad Skills from Virginia. Yo, check him out on the one and twos. Like, check him out. And I start rapping. And then I'm looking at Mace and Poss, and they like, yo, this nigga's dope. Like, we ride back to the hotel, and he asked me for my phone number. And that was the fuck, that was the story, like. Made like I was discovered by fucking Q-Tip. That single-handedly is the best story we have ever ever heard on this podcast. Period. 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 Now, there's a couple of things I've heard that story before. I've heard that story, but not in that great detail. I've heard. I've heard the story, but one I have to say is there's ingenuity involved, whether you realize this or not, in your approach. When you went, I need to get to Q-Tip. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna have the ingenuity to get to a point where I'm over his shoulder, not be threatening to him, or feel like he's threatening. But your approach was everything, and in that split second, Tip has gone. I fuck with him. He's heard you. He's heard you. He's heard you. He's heard you. But this music business is also about can I get along with you? You could be the best rapper in the world, but out a complete arsehole. He's gone. No, I'm taking you into my private space, my suite. You're cool. You get to hear Midnight Marauders or some of it before it comes out. That's a testament to who you are. And fast forward all this, all these years. Now we understand why you are the person you are, the legend that you are. Not only because of the music you made and the DJ stuff, but also the relationship that you can build. But I don't know if you realize in that moment when you went through that tree and thought, I'm going to get to that point. And risk your life. And risk your life with Timberlands, with Timberlands. Yeah. Mate, that is ingenuity at its finest. That's a lesson to everyone to how to approach in a certain situation. But you did it without thinking. And that's got that you have to have that salute to you. That's amazing. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. When I look back at it, you know, it's a it's a it sounds so crazy, but that's exactly how it happened. Like some you know how sometimes shit happened to you and you'd be like, yo, ain't nobody gonna believe this shit. But this is how it went. That's one of those stories where I was just like, this is insane how this went it's crazy because um, I'm working on a new project skills it's called it still happened and it's really talking about our fascination you know like with social media we often want to take pictures and videos and post it and if we don't get to do that it's like it didn't happen right sometimes you have to remember the best moments in life are often committed to memory it's between you your memory and the people in some way that makes it a bit more special Mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, it does. It does. And, and that's the reason why I'm a, you know, I'm a big advocate of books. I read a lot of bios. I read a lot of self-help books because I enjoy the story of hearing when Barry Gordy first heard Smokey Robinson. You know what I'm saying? And I know there's no documentation of that. You know what I'm saying? Like in real life, it's not on a podcast. There is no, so I'm gonna I'm take his words and I'm gonna listen to his word. I'm gonna read his words in my leisure, in my time. And you know, that's why books are so important, man, because it's like, you know, when you don't have friends, you I, I can't talk to Muhammad Ali now. You know what I'm saying? But I can go by the piece of work that he put out that he felt like was conduitive to his mm. legacy and his life and the me- the messages that he wanted to pass on. Mm. Yeah. Before you before before I know Chris, you the book is 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 in still in the works, so you finished it? Yes, it's still in the works. It's probably about a third of the way done. Excellent. Um it's probably gonna be called I think I'm gonna call it from where to here. Of course. And it's gonna nice. start. It's going to start, it's going to start with, you know, my earliest childhood memories and it'll end at me getting uh, Mad Skills Day, which was uh, February 13th, uh, 2018, I believe. Wow. Okay. Nice. Nice. You talk about relationships though. You were one of the first people that I know of that worked with JD. This is before the whole Jay Diller and it changed my life and him becoming the phenomenon that he is now. Talk about when you first met JD and some of those early, early JD beats that you heard? Oh, man. Um, first of all, the running joke in the industry are the beats that I turned down. Okay, we need to hear that. Yeah, I yeah, turned... yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so so to connect with Q-Tip, I, I'm working with, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm living in New York now. I got a record deal. Q-Tip is the homie. We hang out. We go on record shopping. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, just in, in and out of sessions and shit. Um, and, uh, he, um, one day he comes in, I'm, I'm trying to, I've already connected with large professor. I have a song with large professor. I'm probably going to get another song with large professor, but I need, this is when people, this is when people were finding out that Q-Tip had done a lot of the production. Uh, I think he, the Nas shit was out. He had did the Nas remix. He had helped Mob Deep with their album. He was on Mob Deep's album. So people were like, wait, Q-Tip is a fucking producer? Like, and because he was always, he was so about the tribe that it, everything just said produced by a tribe called Quest. But people were starting to realize that him and Ali were, were very integral in making the records and the sonics of it. So he comes into, I'm coming in, he comes into the studio one day. And he's like, yo, I got this kid, son, you got his beats. I'm like, yeah, 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 that's just cool. But I, when we gonna do a song? Like I need, I need, in my mind, I'm like, whatever cassette he gives me, I don't give a fuck what's on it. I'm rapping over it. It's produced by Q-Tip. I don't care if it's a throwaway. I don't care if it ain't finished yet. Whatever he gives me, I'm rapping over it. But I never got anything. And he tells me about this kid that he has in Battery Studios, and um, he's from Detroit. Now, mind you, the one thing that that made it all make sense is that I know how he talks about people that he's excited about, because I saw him talk to De La Soul about me. So when he started talking about this kid, he had the same demeanor. So I'm like, oh shit, he's gotta be dope because 
that's the same way he talked about me. And we still kicking it. We still friends. I'm at his crib. Like I done brought my friends from Virginia to his house to meet him and shit. Shit's crazy. So we come in and, um, it's this, this kid sitting there and he has on a Detroit baseball cap. Um, and he's like, yo, this is, this is JD. And I was like, Oh, what's up, man? He's like, yo, what's up, man? Nice to meet you, man. I was like, yo, tip said you got some shit. He was like, I mean, yeah, I think you might fuck with it. And I was like, all right, cool. So play, he, he puts on his CD, uh, they tell the engineer, yo, cut it up. The, the CD, not, it's not a CD, it's a tape, my fault. It's a tape with green green writing on it. Because um, I kept the tape. He gave me the tape. It had his phone number on it and his name. Um, first beat comes on. is the same beat that Farside used for Gotta Kick Something to Me. So, so the first beat is... That's one of my favorite. And I'm like, I'm like, woo! I'm like, this shit crazy, right? Second second beat is uh, something that Daylight took. I can't remember it, but it wasn't stakes as high, though. But it was something that Daylight took. Right. Third beat, drop. Right? Fourth beat, and it's just the shakers it don't have the run run it don't have none of that it's just the beat it's just it's a loop now i'm feeling this and then the next beat that comes on is the beat for it's going down so running and the first song on my album both have salsa you know shaker influence i took it's going down which was a sergio mendez sample i believe and um, so the, the running joke in the industry is that I passed up on drop, running, got to kick something that means something, and a De La Soul beat. I just can't remember which one it was. Um, and one another one that ended up being on, um, I want to say was on uh, Beats, Rhymes, and Life. I can't remember the exact okay. track, though. But, um, yeah, now nah, we connected. Tip just left us there, like. We connected immediately, you know what I'm saying? And um, I asked a lot of questions. He was always, you know, quick to answer. To, he was trying to school me because uh, he knew I wasn't a producer. So he would tell me things that, you know, he might not tell a producer because like, I don't want to tell you how, how I quantize or how I, you know what I'm saying, time stretch. Like he was telling me shit because I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't make beats. Like I just want to rap and shit, but um. Nah, super cool dude, man. We did three songs. Um, I I think I paid him like $3,000 a piece. So he got a check for like 9000 because he got all his money. Um, he didn't get the first half, second half. He got the whole shit. And I remember when we were mixing the songs, uh, when he got, he had got the check and he was like, he told me, he said, um, he said, yo, I don't care how big I get, you can always get me for this same price. Uh, I, I could be as big as Dr. Dre, bro. Wow. I appreciate this shit so much. I'll never charge you any more than what I charged you. Like, That's real. You really, you really took a risk on me. And I was like, nah, man, like, you dope, man. Like, And we never got a chance to do another record. And what's crazy is the other record is somewhere on a dat. It didn't, it didn't make the album, but... um. I have it somewhere. I just gotta fucking find it. But I have an unreleased Mad Skills Jay Dilla song somewhere. <sighs> wow. 
because I, w- I was I was gonna ask I'm like okay the jam I love that song by the way it's going down and you're talking about three so I'm like where, where did this third one end up mm. and I'm like it didn't come out on no compilation no mixtape like now you gotta find that that skills if if you need if you need people with shovels who can dig and masks. you got me and Chris yeah we'll come we got that. you man we cut we, we do that for you we Break, do that for you breaking atoms renovation service we got you bro <laughs> we got you it's a good song too man it, it just didn't it didn't fit the cohesively yeah. everything else that I was trying to do but it, it turned out pretty it, it turned out pretty dope he was a super influential dude yeah he's a big part of your legacy and um you know when I talk about JD I always make it a point to mention you. Because I think when, when particularly like, you know, when artists get bigger, people always talk about them, you know, with the big names or they talk about the upper trajectory. And I, I tend to focus more on the kind of the root. So for me, it's you and it's De La Soul. I always mention you two when talking about Dilla. Right. Yeah, no, nah, man, he was a special person, man, for sure. He's greatly missed. Definitely. Sumit. Um, 1996, London. What do you remember about Subterranea because that's listen I wasn't I was too young right Subterranea I've got people who are older than me who used to go there they 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 you no know, they saw Snoop there like for the first time like Subterranea was a was an amazing place for hip hop in the 90s what do you remember about that day uh I I remember coming there for the first time and being uh ecstatic about the uh the, the, the scene and the culture. And I remember coming to London and thinking the first thing I'm thinking, like, oh, this is like a, like a British New York. Like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, it's like this, it's like the main city. Oh, I get it. You know what I mean? Um, but I remember how much they loved uh, hip hop and the, and the, you know, the genesis of it. Cause you know, there, there was no jiggy shiny shit then it was just mm. the real shit. So, and even, you know, and that's no discredit to anybody who made a lot of money and, and changed the game and started popping champagne and just, you know, the celebration of, of all of that, it was still gritty. So I remember I made a friendship with this DJ named 279. Yeah. Shout out to numbers. We, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the fans. Probably the coolest motherfucker I ever met. Cause I, I remember meeting him and I'm being like, yeah, he seemed like somebody that would be like a homie if he lived in the in in the U.S. Like he's like the, the homie down the street. So big, you know, big big influential person who brought me over there a lot. But right. the first time I believe, I you know, I did the I did a uh, Westwood, I did the, all the other shit, but I just had a connection with like two seven nine, right? Yeah. So um, the show is booked. I got my hype man. This guy, uh, he he was only my hype man for like a hot minute because my other hype man, Lonnie B, couldn't get he couldn't get a passport or something. So this guy made it through my manager, and um, he was cool. My manager, he came with me. So uh, the show, I, I, first of all, I can't believe I'm even fucking headlining the show. And it was, what's crazy is somebody just sent me that actual recording. Like, yeah, so it's, it's on, it's on, it's online. I was online. And, and was I put on. it on my SoundCloud and shit because I still bug the fuck out like Mad Skills live in London. Like I had a whole fucking show and this shit was packed, right? So, you know, we we in you know uh, London having a good time. We get ready to do the show. I don't have a DJ. So, uh, what was his name? Was his name Swift or something? Cutmaster Swift. 
Cutmaster Swift. Yeah, that's that's fine. Playing, playing the records, right? He's an incredible DJ, by the way. Yes, too. incredible. But incredible. we didn't. We never rehearsed right, right, or anything. Right. I just told. I just told them what to play, like, and you know, I'm thinking I could just do this shit. Uh, so I'm doing the show, and something was up with the dat. That's for right. The nod factor. It wouldn't play or some shit. Right. And um. And I do remember, I was like, fuck it, we just gonna do an acapella or some shit. We did, because the, the remix would play, but the, the regular one, it was weird. So in the middle of the show, I remember hopping on and we stopped and we did this freestyle game that we would always do back at home, where uh, you would rap for four bars and then the person after you would continue the rap but your first two bars had to be something that everybody knew. And your second two bars was a freestyle to try to throw off the person that right. was coming up next. So uh, uh, an example would be, uh, I would start and I would go, I came to bring the pain hardcore from your brain. Let's go inside the astral plane. Your boy, mad skills, doing what I do. It's your turn now. Hop on the one and the two. And then the next person will go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2. It was up. Me and Black Thought used to do it all the time, right? So I explained the game. And I was like, I want some UK rappers to come up and do it. So some guys came up, and I'll never forget this. It was this motherfucker named Fallacy. Wow. Brixton. Wow. South London. His yep. name was, because I, I, as soon as I, I said, what's your name? And I passed the microphone to him and he said, fallacy. And I was, as soon as he said it, I said, yo, that's a, in my mind, that's a fucking ill ass name, like fallacy. Fallacy hopped on stage with us. And some other MCs, I just yeah. can't remember them. But fallacy hopped on stage with us and made a name for himself that night. I'll never forget him. Like, it's 2020, and you say the name Fallacy, and I go, yo, this is motherfucking London that came to my show in the 90s, like, off the top. I still had the recording, and hearing him rap, like, the crowd was, he was killing this shit. And um, we went back and forth so long that we keep we couldn't even obtain a winner because he was just that good. So <laughs> su Subterranean, man, my, my favorite memory of, of that was you know, um, getting through the show, not really being prepared, but still getting through the show, meeting Fallacy, showing the UK hip hop scene something new that, you know, we still would do to this day. And just being in the, in the just selling out a shot. I was like, how the fuck did I sell out a show in London? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was my name on the bill. Like, that was it. Like, and I had no clue. And I remember, I can't remember if this was before or after, but it, it might've been before. Cause I remember going to Cho Choice FM. Yeah, Choice FM, that's 279, yeah. So we, so we, he's like, yeah, you know, skills people are hype for the show, just sit there, whatever, whatever. He's like, I know you're gonna freestyle, mate. You gotta kick a freestyle, whatever, like he's talking <laughs> or whatever. So I remember they had a TV in the studio and I was like, yo, I said, what is that TV on? I was, he was like, it's on like a regular channel. I was like, does everybody in, in the UK have access to this channel? He said, yeah, it's, it's basic telly. It's basic telly, mate. It's not, it's not <laughs> satellite or whatever. Like, so I was like, it was like a regular channel. So I, I got on the mic and I remember telling everybody that was listening, I said, Joe, cut your television on and turn to channel whatever. It was, it was the BBC, mm. whatever it was. Right, right, right. 
and people, you know, they were doing it. And I'm, he starts playing the beat and I started freestyling about what was on television. And the phone lines were fucking going insane. Cause you know, back then freestyling yeah, was yeah, a yeah. big deal. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. It was a big deal to be able to freestyle. So the phone lines are going crazy. And I remember after it was over, 279, he was like, like, mate, that, that's the most craziest. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that in my life. Excuse, you don't understand how you touch the people, bro. Like, you know, it's like it was the way he was talking to me. And I was just like, that was that was probably one of my favorite memories of being over there. Uh, um, there's a couple of things I have to point I have to go at. Firstly, that's not a bad impression of 279. That's not bad. That's you've got you've got the inflection there. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I'm definitely going to send this to him when, when it comes out because he does. We, I love that guy, man. We talked about, actually, Chris raised it, um, I think, a few months ago about he needs to get his flowers. And he's he's done a lot in the game and we've done shows together. We brought, you know, we did Red MF together, man. Like, 279 is a legend here. Mm. Cutmaster Swift is a DMC legend here. Like, these are these are all people that are that are crazy. But one thing I want to go back for before my groceries come to, so I have to dip out very quickly. Um, Chris... Did you hear that Skill said him and Black Thought used to play that game? Now, he mentioned about fallacy and Skills mm-hmm. may have not had may have had a draw. What I really want to know is how many times you play that game with Black Thought and who won? Yeah, that's Multiple a long day. Times. Multiple times. He would always he would always beat me. Um uh cuz like it's one clip on YouTube of me and him playing it on a tour bus. I want to say on the OK Player tour and um yeah, nah, man, that that guy. Like, I, I've never, I've never met anybody in my life that I felt like was born to be an MC. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel, and I'm not saying that he's not talent, talented in other areas, excuse, but I'm just saying he's a walking hip hop superhero. And that's somebody else that don't get their flowers because, you know, he's in a band and the, the most famous member is the guy with the Afro. Like, I get it. But Tariq Trotter, a walking hip hop superhero, period. Point blank. Yeah, there's certain, there's certain MCs. I put them in the leave them alone category. And, you got to um, leave him alone. Leave him alone. He's not from yeah. here. He's just visiting. No. Yeah, yeah, he's not from here. No, he's different. Way yeah. different. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Let's... um. Let's move on though. Post Subterranea, you end up on Raucus. At the time, I thought this this is perfect. Skills and Raucus. But some crazy business happened. I Ain't Mad No More album didn't even come out properly. It got like a limited release in Canada or something. What happened with your second album? So this is what happened with Raucus. Um, when I first got on Raucus, I had already spent some time on Timberland's label and I was ready to get off. Uh... So I asked Timberland for a release. He said, cool. He gave me some songs that I did. We rolled out. Um, so Raucous was coming up. Like it was almost people thought Raucous was about to be the new Def Jam. Raucous was probably the last time that um, you just got a record and you just looked at the label and you just knew it was going to be a good record. Yeah. Like without even listening to it. So you saw that logo and you was like, yeah, nah, perfect. You know what I'm saying? So what happened was right. Right. I think the first album they put out where they merged with MCA, MCA bought in for half of the company 
I think the first album that they dropped was quality. Talib quality. High tech and high tech was out. He he was over it. Uh, I believe. Um they assigned Kooji Rap, they assigned me, it was Sabam Sadiq, it was Munch, most was still there. And MCA had a 50% stake in Raucous. Um, so quality came out. I think quality said did like uh 60,000 the first week or whatever, which is pretty good. He had a song with Bilal called Waiting for the DJ. That was the first single. It did pretty good. Um and then everything just went left. Like the merger um, threw it, threw, threw everything to the left. Like they were just making some crazy decisions. I remember one time now, they were in a meeting about trying to get Coogee Rap. They assigned Coogee Rap. I remember a meeting where they were trying to get Coogee Rap to do a song with Nelly. It, it just got weird and shit. So, uh, you know. And I didn't make, I didn't make the cut. So I just, the album was pressed up and ready to go. So I just started selling them shits on my own. You started selling them on tour, right? Yeah, on the on the uh, Sprite Liquid Mix tour. You know, I, I went on Discogs. I went on Discogs today. That that CD goes for about 180 pounds. <laughs> Don't laugh. I, I, listen, I, I want that CD. <laughs> I wanted to buy one. And when I saw the price, I said, all right, you need to relax, Chris. Yeah, yeah, nah, relax. You don't need that. Chris, I love you. I love you, but I ain't buying that shit for you. Nah, I'll nah, buy you nah, shit. Cool. I ain't buying you that. Nah, it's cool. You know, you mentioned Cool G Rap. I remember when um he had the song with Snoop and Devin, Keep It Keep It Going. And as much as I love the song, I'm like, this isn't a Cool G Rap song. A little weird. A little weird timing. It seemed like Raucus, Raucus was trying to force squares into triangles. Yeah. At the time, it's like... At the time, it's like cool G rap. Go and, go and get your mob deeps. Go and get your alchemists. That's cool G rap. Do you know what I mean? But you know things, things don't work. So after that, I remember my friend. He gave me. He was working at All City, which is a distribution type joint, and he brought me a copy of Confessions of a Ghostwriter, and he gave it to me as a gift. I got, he gave it to me, and I love him for this. He gave me a copy of Confessions of a Ghostwriter and uh, Center of Attention I and I. So I got those the same day. And I noticed that you had songs from I Ain't Mad No More on Confessions of a Ghostwriter. Like, how did you manage to get the masters or the rights to release Neptunes and Timberland tracks on independent labels? Like, that blew my mind at the time. Well, what's so crazy is, bro, I still don't know how I did that shit. Like, <laughs> I have no clue. I remember having a conversation with them, like, yo, man, and there was a guy there named Howie McDuffie, and... He had started a new label with a guy named Chris Landry. It was it was weird. It was a cloudy time. I was just like, man, just fucking put the music out. Like, I just want to be able to go to a city and say, yo, go to Best Buy and grab my shit and it'd be there and it not just be one fucking copy. You know what I mean? So the label woes were just insane. And this was before digital and Napster and all that shit. So we still thought we had to put music in stores. So, um, you know, and then everything changed. Yeah, I, I I do love that project though, Skills, and I'm not just saying it to you because you're on the phone, but I've got to salute you for the hip hop song with Knots. That oh, song's oh, special. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, yeah that, that song was a is good special. One. Yeah, that was that a song Cat special. Stevens, Cat Stevens joint. Yeah, that was that was a good one. I gotta go back and listen to that. Yeah, I was listening uh, to it this morning. Now, you, now, you that you're, now that you're gone, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Damn, I forgot about that record. Yeah. Um, skills. Um, Chris is the actual factual. That's his name. 
I dubbed him the actual factual. So he is he, when when it comes to these things called rap, he is the actual factual. I um I, I'm just I'm just here to spectate. I just I just live here. Just, just imagine it. Just imagine <laughs> if I had money to spend on um I ain't mad no more. Like just imagine what I would do to my life. <laughs> Be sitting in the dark eating crackers because I bought a skill CD. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. No lights. No lights. Just a little <laughs> little dark little, little glimmer of light in the corner. Just you know? a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Right. No, I got you. Okay. Um, I wasn't talking about ghostwriting, but I want to I want to skip ahead slightly. Two things. First, yeah, I saw, I think it was in your stories about the screenshot of you trying to hit, trying to reach out to Joe Budden and the guy was like, Joe, they got the wrong person. Skills? Whoa. Have you had a chat with Joe yet about wrap up? And then we've got to talk about wrap up after that and the idea around it. So have you had a chat with Joe yet? He, he He's curving you. I don't, I don't have his number. Like I haven't talked to Joe Budden in like 10 years. So, um, and when I did, we just, we met up at Not Studio and he happened to be there and I asked him, would he do a, a version of Hip Hop Confessions? He was like, yeah, sure, I'm done. So I did a Hip Hop Confessions with him and uh, Knotts. But this is 10 years ago. Yeah, it's such a long so, time ago, right? <clears throat> no, nah, but, um, yeah, no, nah, I don't, I don't, I knew he has, I know he has a podcast. Um, I'm, I don't really listen to it. He's one of his. I just, yeah, he's Joe's Joe. I, I just found I just found it funny when you reach out to the guy whoever that number was he was like Joe I don't I just found the fuck is this yeah yeah I just I just found the I just found the flow of the conversation quite funny because like it's just it could happen but right let's talk wrap up the idea around it but also the right I'm not a rapper right Chris is a rapper I'm not a rapper I don't know nothing I don't know rap I'm not a hip hop fan I'm nobody I'm just a brown guy who lives in a room right. <laughs> <laughs> talk about the writing process what goes into Later, are you at the end? Like, are you at the end of each month, like making notes to yourself? Like, how do you get to the point where you can condense a whole year into eight minutes or twelve minutes or into that? How do you do that? Um, very carefully. Uh, but <laughs> I, I don't think about the wrap up until until the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, that's usually my my uh process because you know in the summer i'm not going oh i gotta put this in the wrap-up like i don't have that kind of fucking time like right so but but even still it can be things that'll happen that are cultural huge things that i don't have to remember that they happen i know that they happened like because they were huge like when black panther came out I knew that was going to be in the wrap-up. That was huge. It's not like you have to go, oh, when? With the Black Panther? No, that was a big thing this year. Uh, uh, just like when last year, when, when Kobe passed away. Right. Uh, that wasn't something I had to go, okay, well, what happened in, in the beginning of the year? No, I know because we're still talking about the, the passing of Kobe Bryant and his daughter, G- Gianna. May they rest right. in peace. And the other people that passed away on that aircraft. Um, but the process starts on on black friday uh i start sitting down and writing down everything that i can remember verbatim the okay kobe uh trump um fuck kanye west running for yeah. fucking president like those are things that you don't have to go when did you, i i know so i write down everything that i can remember right then i once I go through, I try, I try to do it without going to the internet, right? Okay. Just, I want to remember all this shit from memory. I write it down. 
Then two days later, I go and I go, okay, what's the shit that I forgot about? What's the shit that just slipped my mind? Because it wasn't that relevant. Oh, okay, just Jussie Smollett lying about a hate crime. Oh, okay, I remember how big that was, but I forgot that shit. I'm not. Oh, Kim Kardashian. Oh, Kylie Jenner was in a Pepsi commercial. Oh, I don't. That's the kind of shit that don't touch me on a daily basis. But I remember that it happened. Other people might care about it. I really fucking don't. Right. I write all that shit down. Right now, we're probably around the beginning of December, right? Then I go. Then I write, I, I go in my book, which I actually have. I have a book and I can show you how I do it. Wow. So I have everything written down, right? So like this is just everything just written, right? That I can Ooh. remember, right? So then once I remember it all, I add shit to it. I write it down like this. Like, see January? Yeah, yeah, yeah. February. Wow. So January has Brexit, impeachment. Kobe and Gianna Bryant passes away. And see how much space that is? See all that space between there? Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. the month of January. So these things happened in January, and they were huge. So it might be other things that happened, and you but fill in they, the space. Didn't, they didn't make the fucking list. February. Uh, People get COVID on the cruise. They have Kobe Bryant's funeral on February, February twenty-fourth. Uh, they named the disease. They named the uh, the pandemic COVID nineteen. Uh, Harvey Weinstein is guilty, right? So all that shit is written in there, and then I start writing the song. Wow, that's crazy. That is crazy. I have to start in. I have to start somewhere around Black Friday in the top of December, because if I start on December 15th, I might not be done by the 31st. So I have to start at a time where I give myself enough time. So if I write everything down on the 29th, I could sit down on the 30th, don't write nothing. I could sit down on the 31st, don't write nothing. I could sit down on December 1st and write two bars. Oh, this is a cool way to start the song. Oh, this is dope. I might not write another bar until December 12th. Then December 15th, I might sit down and write 100 bars. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. for me, music, the one thing about music, bro, it don't give a fuck about pressure. So I can say, oh, I want to have this done. And music can go, man, nah, fuck that. It'll be done when it's done. So I have to start at an early enough time to where I'm not against the ball. So usually around the 20th, hopefully I have, you know, a good portion of it done or ready. And sometimes I scrap the whole shit. Sometimes I start over. But I use this year, I, I this year I want to say I, I got off of social media. Um, I deleted Twitter and Instagram from my phone. Because after Black Friday, bro, I don't give a fuck what I'm promoting. Like every comment is, what's up with the wrap up? <laughs> like I could be like, oh, here's a new episode of Hip Hop Confessions. Confessions I had right, no idea. Yeah, yeah, fuck that. Well, what's up with the wrap up? <laughs> like they don't care. No, they and don't you care. Know, you know what's so crazy to me? It's like this year I had, you know, I, also, I almost wasn't going to do it this year. 
So this year I was like, I remember thinking to myself, like, I don't want to be, my, bro, you got to understand my family, my close family, everybody knows after De- after Black Friday, leave him the fuck alone. Just leave him alone. We're not going to see him till Christmas. Just leave him alone. Everything in my life has suffered during that to relationships, other work, all that shit gets neglected during that time. So this year, I remember sitting there going like, like motherfuckers is pressing me about a fucking song they don't even fucking pay for. Like, y'all better buy this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. this shit ain't free. Yeah. Like, I got to get this shit recorded, mixed, mastered. And I did a video this year. You did? It was a good video. Great video, by the way. Great video. Great video. That was amazing. The way I mean, just the way you started, and it was amazing. Absolutely genius. You're not from here. You're like Black Thought. You're not from here. You don't. You you are not from this galaxy. The Milky Way is not a galaxy that you are you are familiar with. You are from different galaxies. It's true. It's it's really true. I I I can't comprehend. I genuinely, I you know, I joke a lot and say things in jest, but I cannot comprehend what it takes to do something like that. Writing a song is is daunting for me, but to do that and then the pressure and then I guess that that makes me think about different pressure now because you're a DJ and there's the pressure when you started to DJ because you're an MC, a battle MC, people respect you. There's the pressure now now you've got to live up to that name of your skills. Now you're a DJ. Yeah, you got to, you know, you had the right, you know, you had the beat junkies, you had the good teachers, you had all that manual, great teachers. But there's still that pressure of performing as a DJ, giving your MC history. Did you feel that pressure, or did you like, ah, fuck, I just do what y'all do? How did it? How did you feel? All the fucking time, because at this point in the game, like, you can't, you can't be whack. If you're gonna be whack, you gotta be whack behind closed doors. You can't be whack in public because you'll get crucified for it. Especially if it's something that uh, you've been around for a while. So with DJing. Um, you know, I knew if I went, if I was a, at home or in VA, if I just hopped up on some turntables while my homie went to the bathroom or something and I fucked up, or nobody would take it. So it's like, yo, Skills is up there fucking around. Like, he ain't no, he ain't a real DJ. Like, he's just up there playing around. But I didn't want to be that. I wanted to be one of the best DJs that used to rap ever, period. I, I, I don't get in the game to just be average i if i'm gonna do it i want to do it to 100 percent. so when people start saying if it was ever a conversation with like yo let's just break let's just talk about rappers who can dj like who are some of the best rappers who like i want my name to be first so i worked on that you know what i'm saying for a very long time like like that shit was not easy and I surrounded myself with people that were good and I, and could teach me how to be better and that's what I wanted to do like if you want to play fucking ball and you live next to LeBron I suggest you fucking go over to LeBron's house and say yo man how you be doing that shit when you you know what yeah, I mean yeah, like yeah. well you 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 did you did that with Dilla right you were asking questions even if even if you weren't you it's just your nature to learn and you want to know, and that's an amazing thing because that personality trait then translates into everything you do from a creative standpoint too. That's very important. We we forget that. How about the freedom to be the freedom of performing as a DJ versus the MC? Because as a DJ, you can play what the hell you want, right? 
you you know you could do a boom bap set and you could do you could do the brunch set that you do you could do whatever you want right so how is that like do you feel more freer because sometimes as uh, rap fans we like to box our heroes in Right, we don't like when they if they, if they start signing to a major label, no boo, boo, boo yeah, you sell out, you change and you right. selling out. We did. I, I mean, the I it, the thing that always hits my mind is J Electronica, right? So J Electronica, when he started having rumors of signing with Puff, it was a boo, J boo, because we we thought we knew what was going to happen. Right. So that freedom as performing as a DJ, do you feel that? Is it is it not? Is it? Bro, the 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 freedom that I have in DJing, I never had in rapping. Because, like you said, people put you in a box and they want to keep you here. And you know, you know how Hove said, you know, you want my old shit, buy my old oh, album. Like I'm not the same person. So it, it bro, it's people that be like, man, you just gotta make one more not factor for me skills. I'm like, bro, it's you know how I many fucking years ago that what? <laughs> like I'm, I don't even sound the same. You know what I'm yeah, saying? So yeah. you know what I mean? For me. I I'm a, I love music. I love music more than I love any of this shit. I love music more than I love rapping. I love music more than I love DJing. I love music more than I love dancing to music. I love music. So, because the music is the umbrella that keeps me sane and it helps me to do the other things. So if you think about the trajectory of my career, I started out as a rapper. I put out music as myself. The next evolution for me was I started writing music for other people without people knowing that it was even me. Now I'm playing music for people. I have a podcast where we talk about what? We talk about shit around music. So the common denominator for me is music. Mm. So the, the joy that I have from playing music for people is unprecedented because I've learned how to hit buttons with music. I've learned how to, so a lot of people listen to music. I study it and how it, how it affects people. You know mm, what I'm saying? Too. So it's a musical, it's a universal language, bro. I've been all over the world. I've been on stages where people don't know English and I, we play Billie Jean and they know it. We play 50 Cent in the club and they know it and they don't even know English. Yeah. So for me, it's a universal language, man, that has changed my life. I don't know who or what I would be without it, but I'm glad that I have it in my life. Chris, that's a love letter to music. It's a love letter to music. No, I'm smiling now that you've said that. Just let's take it full circle though. Three years ago, you put out an album with Bink and it was really, it was really interesting to me because of the title. So you went from from where, question mark, question mark, question mark, to made in Virginia. There was a sense of pride. It was very definitive. Talk about the release. And why did you choose to work with Bink considering you've worked with Timberland, Knotts, um, all these different people? Why was he the guy to craft your entire project? Because Bink is probably just as proud of being from Virginia as I am. Like he's very uh, vocal about where he's from, raised in Norfolk, Virginia. You know what I'm saying? He, he's, you know, he, he's a, we're, we, we got, we have so much in common that a lot of people wouldn't, 
have unless you're from this area. Unless and he's where he's from is probably about an hour away from where I'm from. But I've always been a fan of my work. He's always, you know, felt mutual about me. And we we we've always looked at each other of how we wave that Virginia flag. You know what I'm saying? And how we make sure that we we speak positively about other people that are from our area. And and you know because we always been underdogs. So for Bink, I, I always wanted to do it. And then one day he was just like, "Man, we should just." We was working on an album. He was he did a couple songs for when I was on on uh, E One, I believe. We made a band. We made a banger. Like we made yeah. a couple bangers. Yeah. Um, He's like, "Yo, we should just do a whole fucking project. Just put this shit out." And I was like, "Like say less, motherfucker." Like, and I picked the beats and um. Nah, man, it came out like, bro, I still, that first song, I listened to that first song. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. It's called Sky's the Limit. Yep. Yep. And t- to this day, I still want to do a video for that record. You've right? got to. It's superhero you music. It. You should do Yeah, you should so do it. So I listened to that song. When that shit come on, I sit back and go, who the fuck is that? Like, I don't even know. Like when I listen to some of those songs, man, like new haters and 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 fuck niggas though, like some of them songs were some of the best songs I've ever made. But that first song, that beat, yeah, it's superhero theme music. It is. It's like when the line you sell near um the sky ain't the limit though. It's just a view. That's a Ooh. life lesson. Yeah, the sky ain't the limit. It's just a view. I heard Swiss Beat say that one time, and it just stuck with me. And um. Yeah, nah, man. That uh, that that project turned into something super special to me. Mm. So I might, I might go listen to that shit today. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna listen. I love that first song. I like. I'm so glad you feel so strongly about it as well because th- I think there's an art when you put an album together. There's an art in terms of the sequencing, and track one always has to hit. Yeah, yeah. it gets you from from the first time you hear when that shit comes on. And the unorthodox pattern and the drums and, dun, dun, oh. dun, 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 and then with the girl singing at the end, like soon as Bink played that for me, I was like, this is the first song out. Yeah. It yeah. took me a while to get into, I even had to hit Bink back. Like, yo, I keep listening to this, yo. I don't know. I don't know what pattern I need. I'm trying to, I can't approach this. And, and he mumbled. He was like, yo, Skills, you got to hit that shit like, and he said the pattern and he was just mumbling, but he gave me the flow. And right. I was like, okay, I got you. I got you. And I, I and then that's when we did the song. Dope. He's an Dope. amazing producer and, you know, vocal arranger and just drummer and musician. Like he's, he's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Dude. That's my brother. He's his drums always stood out to me. Like, um, even from when he did, uh, cause a lot of people don't know he did. Don't leave me. With, yeah, with Teddy Riley and um, his drums, and it's we were speaking to Beat Butcher a few weeks ago, and Beat Butcher says the reason why Bink's drums sound the way they do is because he's actually a drummer. Yeah, he's a drummer, dope drummer, dope drummer. Raised in the church, man, super cool dude. You've brought back the the mad to the skills. You dropped it for a while. Why why did you do that? Um, I remember uh, the quick quick lesson. Uh, I I took I thought Mad Skills back in the rockers days I just thought it sounded just old you know what I'm saying like it sounded dated um, and I remember when I was um I was starting to DJ and I was taking it serious and I was about to start uh trying to go out and do parties and I told my manager my old manager I said yo man I'm about to start DJing out here like 
I think um, I might just do it under like another name or whatever. Like he was like, why? And I was like, cause you know, I mean, cause people gonna try to, if, if I'm DJing, people think they gonna hear fucking Biggie and Nas and J-Ru. Like I ain't just gonna be playing boom bap shit. I'm just be playing shit. Like that, you know, he was like, listen skills, like you already created a name. And I was like, yeah, but you know, I don't want people to try to hold me to that. And he said, I'll never forget that he said this. He said, he said, fool, Nike don't change Nike. They just make an Air Force One or they make a fucking Cortez or they make an Air Max, but they don't change Nike, fool. And I was like, <laughs> did he call you, you fool? Right. He called me fool twice. And I was like, you right. He's like, you don't change that part. You can do other things. He said, yeah. when I go see a movie, that shit still say Ice Cube. It don't say O'Shea Jackson. And even if it did, even if it did, so even if the, the director or the the producers wanted it to be O'Shea Jackson, that shit would say O'Shea Ice Cube Jackson. You know what I mean? It shit was the shit's gonna say Chris Ludacris Bridges. Yeah. Queen Latifah. Like you're not gonna fucking change the shit now. And I was like, yeah, you're right. So good friend. mad skills it was. Yeah, good friend. Good it friend. Will always be. We're going to wrap up shortly. I just want to talk about something that's really stood out to me. Like I've been doing some lectures in universities recently and it's, I feel really humbled and privileged to know that we can be a part of the hip hop culture and now we can go into these places, um, speak, share our thoughts and educate. And I know that you're doing a lot of work with universities as well, but when you were approached, you were hesitant. Talk about why you were hesitant and how it's been for you so far. Um, I didn't believe that I had I, I, that I had what it took to um, teach people in a, in a way that was a conventional way of teaching. Like I just told y'all before, I could talk about music all day, right? So, um, <clears throat> you know, when when the guy who I was teaching would approach the university about me. The dean at the time was like, oh, you know, where'd he go to school? And he's like, oh, he didn't go to college. And she was like, well, I don't, I don't like, you know, I don't know if we could have somebody at the university that doesn't have a degree, da, 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 da. So he gave her, the way he put it to her blew my mind. He was like, you always talk about building with the community and having a bigger voice in the, you know, in the, in the community. He was like, you know, as far as like uh, culture and hip hop, this guy is, the, he's, he's had his hand on the pulse of it for 20 years. Like he's a, he's a legend in this city. And she was like, I know, but you know, he doesn't have a degree. To, he said, well, let me ask you a question. We have a drama department, right? She was like, yeah. He said, if I wanted Brad Pitt to come here and teach a drama class, but he didn't go to school. Will we let Brad Pitt come here and teach a class? And she said, exactly. Of, of course we would. And he said, this guy is the Brad Pitt of fucking Virginia hip hop. Mm. And she great, goes- That's a great AK, by the way. She said, she said, okay, I get your point. So they, ch you know, they changed my title. Um, so, you know, uh, it, I guess alumni or whatever wouldn't get, pissed off or whatever but from from the time we started man it's been the most popular class on campus of course uh people come in thinking that it's just you know people come in thinking it's gonna be an easy a and it ain't you know what i'm saying um 
but it's it's been a joyous occasion, man. And that's, you know, that's something that I remember Ninth Wonder. I remember calling Ninth Wonder and asking him because he was teaching. And I said, man, Ninth, they want me to do this class. It's in the third. I don't know if I got the criteria for this shit. Da, 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 da. And he said, skills. How long you been doing this shit? I said, since I've been, I've been, I've been loving hip hop since the eighties. He said, so if hip hop gave out degrees, motherfucker, you would have a degree in hip hop. A lot of us would. And I was like, yeah. He said, look at it that way. You can sit down with anybody and talk about this shit. Don't matter who it is. You can sit down with Grandmaster Flash, Cool Herc, to somebody you ain't never met. You could cover all bases with this hip hop shit. He said, stop doubting yourself, Skills. Like, you got what it takes. I know. And I was like, all right, bet. And he was like, and you can do this shit till you, till you want to stop. You can do this shit till you old. And I was like, okay. It, it might be a cool retirement plan. You know what I'm saying? And it's still <laughs> still what I love to do. So right. um, that's, that's how it happened. And I've been, you know, I've been involved in it. Shout out to my partner, Eric Nielsen, uh, amazing guy. And, um, you know, we, we're going to keep on mashing through. Dope. Dope. It's good to, it's good to hear that we're, we're actually affecting education as well. Cause that's what hip hop does, isn't it? We educate people. We, you know, so we should be, we should have been there a long time. Right. And this bro, it's plenty of songs that I've heard. Like I didn't know about people until I heard about them in songs. Cause yes. I didn't get those thoughts yeah. in school. Yeah. Steve you know, Biko I heard of, and all them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Steve Biko. Like I learned, uh, you know, I learned a lot. I learned more from public enemy songs right. than I ever learned in fucking right. I, 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 I learned about Elvis Presley from Chuck. That's when I, that's when I was like, oh, I ain't, that's it. It's over. Right. I mean, you know, from yeah. between KRS one and public enemy, I learned more from them two motherfuckers than I ever learned at school about black history anyway. Yeah. Well, one last question for you. I'm going to have a vulnerable moment. I know you do the hip hop confessions, right? We did an episode a few months ago called hip hop confessions. And it was crazy. Like we had people on here saying that they hadn't heard operations doomsday, all types of craziness. Right. So, as we close the podcast, I want to do like a little round table of hip hop confessions with me, you and Summit, right? One hip hop confession that you've never uttered to anybody, right? I'm going to start. I have a hip hop confession in relation to you. Okay. Up until this morning, I had never seen the live video of you performing Ghostwriter with the names. <laughs> Can I have that too? Because I, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I still haven't seen it. Bro, you haven't seen it? You know, for me, right, it was the mystique of wondering, who is he talking about? Right? Because I don't... Like, even with podcasts, you know when podcasters put out videos and stuff of the show? I don't watch the video because I want that picture in my head. Like, what they say in body language. I had never seen that video until this morning. And you are an absolute madman. Hey, man, you know. Um... Ghostwriter, man. I remember, I remember when I first heard that, and I'm like, this guy's, this guy's actually crazy. Okay, so who's next? You, 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 you. You're the guest. You're the guest in our home. I don't really have a hip hop confession. I've got other confessions. But... I is it's something. That, it's something that Chris just said that uh, that um, probably it might shock y'all <laughs> because it, it seems as though you know. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Um, you just said you had people that have. Never heard Operations Doomsday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I never heard it either. Okay. Okay. That's fine. The only the only MF Doom song I've ever heard 
and my life was according. That's a, that's a fantastic song to listen to. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good, good song. song. I'm, I'm shocked, shocked, by the way. By the way. I'm not so shocked, you know. But I'm gonna judge. Pe- peach fuzz, peach fuzz, and accordion. I'm not that shocked. Though. But 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 being that he has said, like you know, I, I've got yeah, people yeah. that have never heard Operation Tim. You felt you 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 felt you felt comfortable. You felt brave. I, I'm one of those people, mate. <laughs> you know what though? What I've you know what I've learned though? Skills. You talk about music and all that. It's an adventure, man. There's so many things. I'm I'm a believer. Nothing is old. If you discovered an album from the 60s today, it's new to you, right? And music is either before its time, of its time, and ahead of its time. And as long as we have that, we'll always be discovering new things. But please listen to Operation Doomsday. Okay. All right, I will. Sumit, you next. What's up? Confess, man. Hip-hop one? This is, you're going to hate me for this. Go on, confess, man. I, I, don't, I don't think... I've ever from top to bottom of all the tribe albums I oh, don't think God. I've heard from top to bottom people's instinctive <sighs> skills has left the building yep skills I, I don't like like I just don't now I'm not saying that I don't like it or I just don't think I have I don't remember in my and I don't even smoke weed so my my memory should be I don't good. either. Right. And I don't drink. So, so I don't either. <laughs> Very like, rarely. I just, I just don't, don't grow. think from top to bottom. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you... I'm going to go all out on the ledge now. Right? Let's go all out now. Non-hip-hop confession. Right? Gilmore Girls is one of the greatest damn shows ever to be written in the history of the world. <laughs> Peace out, bruv. Peace out, sir. Bye. So this was fun, man. I enjoyed y'all. Y'all have a good night. Summer, are you you're wilding? Are you wilding right now? You you were the one who came up with the name of our podcast and you haven't heard the first you know what? No. You're gonna have to do hip hop homework. I'm I'm don't, I'm just, don't call I, me until you've listened to I've it. Do not heard, call no, me. I'm just saying from top to bottom. I've heard all the so- I've heard songs. I just don't think I've sat through all of it. I, I mean, of course, I know you've heard songs, you've heard a war tour, you've right, heard right, right, relaxation. I, I just like public I've just not I don't know if I sat through everything. I've left, you know, I, I, I love I left my wallet El Segundo. I love that. I'm not saying I don't. I'm just saying from top to bottom, my memory cannot commit. Have I listened from Push It Along all the way through? I don't know. That's okay. confession. That's what I'm saying. All right. Hey, man, to each his own, bro. Yeah. Right, let's, 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 let's just backtrack for a second. Okay, hold on. It's no fucking way that the Gilmore Girls is the fucking. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm. I, what, what you have to understand, skills is I go really extra for no reason, just for the, just, just cause it's a show. Gilmore Girls. I, I like Gilmore Girls from the perspective it's written. It's not the great show. Absolutely no, no, no. Our first episode, me and Chris's first episode, was The Sopranos versus The Wire, and we were just basically we took a position on each, and we just talked about it. You and got we, bodied. Go on, go on, go on. He, I'm saying you got bodied. No, Skills has his hands raised, oh, so he I'm wants sorry. to talk. Go on. I'm sorry. I've, I've, never, I've never seen The Sopranos. Okay, that's okay. That, that, you know what? That's okay, Skills. I hadn't seen The Sopranos until seven... No, no. Two, three years ago. It's fine. The Wire, for me, was the number one show of all time. And it's a... Yeah, this is the a wire for me. Was the number one show of all time until I saw Breaking Bad. Okay, interesting. Breaking okay. Bad. No, Breaking Bad is hard. Breaking Bad is hard. It's it's not why though, isn't it? 
It's two different things, but two different right, things. the writing of Breaking Bad and the character development of Breaking Bad made it number one to me. What do you think of um what do you think of Better Call Saul? I like Better Call Saul, but it's only because I love Breaking Bad so much. I'm still fiending for anything that has anything to do with Breaking Bad. Skills. Skills. You like books, right? You like books, right? There's two books that I would like to recommend to you, and I'll send them to you on email as well. One is All the Pieces Matter, which is a Wire book. It's incredible. It's basically the backstory to the Wire. It's like an annual, it's like an oral history. Incredible. The second one is a book called Difficult Men, and explores The Sopranos, Wire, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, and it talks about the mold in which in the 80s, where you had the cop, the good cop, and how at a certain point, I think Hill Street Blues broke that mold, and then right through you have these difficult men, and how they, they're kind of, they're the heroes, but they're really villains, and, and how we portray them. It's an incredible couple of books. Difficult um, men and all the pieces matter. Yeah, yeah, the, a, absolutely, absolutely. So, I, I mean, I, I like all kinds of shows. I like Breaking Bad. I like, I like the West Wing. The West Wing is my shit. Here we, here we go. Right, it's a bunch of Caucasian men with one black guy who's like the the handler for the president. But the writing and the characters is exceptional. Aaron Sorkin did an absolute tremendous. Oh, Aaron job. Sorkin. Yeah, I'm a fan of his. Yeah, so he 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 created the West Wing. And it's Martin Sheen. Um, like, I'm the Josh Lyman. Anyone, any wrestling fans, I'm the Josh Lyman of rap. He's like the definitely cheaper star. Like, you know, Seinfeld, I like, you know, we there's all kinds of things I like. I just, um, Breaking Bad took me, a t- it took me a couple of goes to get through the first season. I had to stop and start. And then once I was in, I was in. Like, I was, I was Los Bolas Hermanos, empl- I was a Los Bolas Hermanos employee. Bro, I was I in. Out, I knocked out Breaking Bad in two weeks. Series one to five. That net that Netflix free trial got dealt with. <laughs> Bro, I took I took a gig in El Paso just so I could go and take a picture in front of Walter White's house. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's different behavior. Okay, so so just so that I want skills to hate me even more. The best musically inspired movie of all time is Tougher Than Leather. Yeah, we done. We're done. <laughs> We're done here. This interview was going so well. We're done here. You are. I looked at that I'm, during, I looked at I'm that kidding. maybe like three, maybe a month into quarantine. I just pulled it up and just looked at it. Right. And, and it re- I remember saying to my myself, this might've been one of the worst hip hop movies <laughs> ever made. Outside of rapping by with Mario Van Peebles, this is the worst hip hop movie ever made. From from somebody that was so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, oh, I, it was so bad. I, I I I just only just to say that I love the fact that you're watching Breaking and you're doing you're watching movies along with people. I think it's a great thing on Twitch. So you know, make sure that's that's it's absolute. It's a wonderful thing. But no, we appreciate your time. I am not going to annoy you anymore. Um, you're a legend in our eyes. Genuinely, just to let you know, my shopping came. My wife's not feeling well. Baby's downstairs. So I literally tipped. So they're getting crates. I didn't put it out one by one. I just tipped it all out on the floor, right? And I'm going to go down now. I'm going to put it in the fridge, in the freezer. I literally... Is a- Take care of your family, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, this nah, was nah. fun, man. I pre- I'm glad we finally worked it out, man. Uh, what, you. you know, anytime you guys want to hop on with me, um, y'all, are, y'all are two amazing dudes just from this conversation. Like, like I, I fuck with y'all vibe for real, so... Uh, Thank hit you. me up, man, and you know, um, uh, you still got to hit me up on the uh, on the DM so I can just follow y'all. And shit. Yeah, we'll do that. And um, yeah, let's watch Breaking Bad on on Twitch or something, and do like a Breaking Atoms skills. 
retrospective review. I'm with it. All right, let's do it. Dude, I'm down. Bless, man. Bless. Live your yeah, life. Man. Respect yeah, you, man. bro. Thank you. Take care. Have a good one. Peace. Peace. One love once again to skills. Um, you see how I just started coming out. I started becoming an 80% summit just at the end there with the whole yeah. like, like the Gilmore Girls is this and yeah, I had to just let it. Yeah, I was uh, I was in my head. I'm like, what's he talking about, man? Bro, Gilmore Girls is Bro, fire. Gilmore Girls, you know. But, uh, confessions? I I, I, I I watch Sex in the City. Yeah, I've seen that, I've seen that show. Yeah, I've man. Seen, I love that show, bruv. They're bringing that it back. hard. They're bringing it are back. They? Yeah, they're bringing it back. What, Samantha and that? Samantha and uh, whatever the other ones are. They're bringing it back. Yeah. Um, what was the other one? Is it no Melinda? Is it Melinda? Miranda? Miranda. Miranda. That's it. Miranda, yeah, yeah. No, and, Charlotte, and Charlotte. Charlotte, Charlotte. They're bringing it back. They're bringing it back. Um, yeah, they need to relax. But no, no. Like, that was a good conversation. Like, and, and again, we could have gone on for more if you, you know, if we wanted to. But I think... It, I think that was just a really hearty, it was a hearty, soulful conversation. I learned a lot. Soup. It was chicken soup in conversation form. I learned a lot from that. Yep. There were stories about the, the Q-tip story that I hadn't heard before. Neither, there was stuff about the, the Dilla story. We didn't even talk about him being sampled on Donuts. That could be part two in that time. Like he was sampled. Oh, yeah. His His voice is sampled all over Donuts. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go as far to say this is, personally right now, this is my favorite one. This is my favorite one. I'm happy you say that, and I tell you why. Because as we progress and we as we head towards episode 100, it's important that one thing I'm very conscious of just in my life recently is that for years I always said the best moment of my life was singing at the Albert Hall, mm, right? Singing mm, a solo. Mm, mm. That was 1997, bro. Right. It is now the year of our Lord 2021. That's too long ago. I need some new highlights now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, so the point. fact that we can say you know episode whatever you know, 100, whatever. Yeah. And that our interviews are now become, we're getting new favourites all the time. I think it's dope. That's my favourite. And, and, yeah, I um, think it's dope. I, that's my favourite. That, that absolutely is my favourite. That is a cool ass guy. That is a cool ass guy. Mad skills. Yo, love that I guy. I kept hearing that thing, you know, when it, it's skills. skills. <laughs> his, little, his little ad lib. I kept hearing it in my head. Yeah. Nah, he, yeah, I enjoyed he, that. He, he's dope. But no, um, can I do a few shout outs before we bounce? Absolutely, bro. Go for it. Shout out to my boy, Black Keys. Um, yes. If you are a listener of the show, if you happen to be an MC, check out Black Keys' new project. It's called Hood Stories. Um, it's, a, it's a selection of instrumentals. But if you are an MC looking for production, hit him up. He's willing to, you know, license or, you know, sell whatever to get you some beats. Nice. So shout out to Black Keys, Hood Stories, and big up to another one of our listeners, DK, the producer. He sent me some tracks. Submit, Sharma. Mm-hmm. These mm-hmm. tracks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He sent me about 40, 40 beats and every single one is fire. Wow. So that's why I had to shout him out on this podcast. DK, the producer, you are an absolute madman. Shout out DK. With the production. I'm yeah. going to send you the beats on it. Please you might, do. because You're um, the dot connector. So. You know, because I've been thinking about this. Um, I've been getting a lot of... So because of the podcast and how it's moving... Um, a lot of people are hitting me up now for, Hey, can you get this into someone's hands? So I've been getting a lot of that. And I just, I just think maybe it's time to start doing that again. Um, just getting placements for people and producers. And I don't care if I, if I get some money for it, it's great. I used to do that for free a lot. I used to put people in touch with people all the time and put them on songs together. That's absolutely fine. I might just do that again because I quite enjoyed doing that. I, I quite enjoyed being going, Hey, I'm, I, 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 I was part of that. 
Mm-hmm. People don't even know I was part of that. Mm-hmm. But people have had people have had like ten year, decade long relationships because I just joined the dots, and yeah. I quite like that because I think that we that's still necessary. Um, and um, yeah, no, please send the beats. I'd love to hear yeah, them. I love I'm gonna hearing. I'm going to send it to you. I think you're going to be so impressed. When I, you know my taste, bro. For sure, for sure, for when sure. When I heard it, I said, what's going on? No, no, that's dope. That's dope. No, that, that's shout out to the, yeah, Please do, please do. But listen, you can follow us on social at Break the Atoms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Chris, I am Kinetic is his personal account. Mine is at Hip Hop Chronicle. We love you. We appreciate all the support from across the world we see the analytics we know where you are in the world we appreciate you listening from everywhere and if you don't even get in contact with us on social that's okay we know that you're listening we love you we want you to have these stories um and you are the reason why we continue to do this we are not stopping any time soon there's more legends there are more there are more future legends there are more uh, managers and, and studio owners and publicists. There's going to be so much because we do this for you. We do this for rap. We do this in honor of breaking atoms, main uh, calm, source. Calm, yeah, calm down, calm down. Everyone, calm, calm down, calm down. Calm down. Relax, oh, relax, sorry, relax, sorry, sorry. relax. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. He had to calm me down. He had to calm me down. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm just going to say it again. He got me buzzing. Mm. He got me mm. mad. He got me, he got me mad buzzing. I, and, and I wasn't like, even a pun. He got me buzzing, bruv. We're having fun in hip hop. And, and, you, and you know I don't usually do this, but I'm just going to go on Twitter and Instagram and say we just got mad skills in the podcast. Because you know I don't do, do that. that. You no, know I do don't do that. that. Do that. Celebrate. Celebrate the wins, bro. I'm going to add this to my journal. I actually have a journal. Boom. That's, I love that. Love that. Love that. Right. Now, I've got to kiss my baby, um, help my wife, live my life. Um, and, and, I sort, got, and sort that shopping out. Bro, it's on the floor, bruv. Man just stashes cabbage on the floor, you know? No, they, they're actually, no, no, you, you say that. There's an actual cabbage on the floor. Because as, as I was tipping out, my wife went, can you just make sure the cabbage don't hit the floor? Yeah, all right, cool. Hit the floor, pick it up, put it on the table. It's there. Yeah, you're a savage. Go, 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 go and take care of home, bro. All right, bless you, blah, bless all you. All right, man. Peace. Peace, peace, peace. peace.